It wouldn't have been a total surprise had Todd McCarthy decided on a career away from harness racing. His dad, John, had been eminently successful as a trainer and driver with two miracle miles under his belt, while Luke and Andrew McCarthy were well established when it was time for young Todd to make a decision. To follow in their footsteps was a pretty intimidating prospect, but the young fellow decided to give it a go, and he hasn't regretted the decision for one moment. At 25 years of age, he's already driven well over 800 winners, he's won four Metropolitan and two State Premierships, and he's got his nose in front on the current State Premiership. The icing on the cake, of course, has been his remarkable association with the champion Tiger Tara. Let's welcome to the podcast the youngest member of the McCarthy Harness Racing Clan, Todd McCarthy. Thanks for your time, mate. Morning, John. Thanks very much for having me on. Todd, you took a while to decide on that career in harness racing. You didn't rush out to get your licence, did you? No, I was probably a year late um, getting my licence. I'd sort of joshed him with a few ideas from when I left school as to what I sort of wanted to do. And, um, you know, if I wanted to sort of put an industry behind me um, in, in, in another code or something. But, uh, no, once I uh, got involved with the horses, I, um, you know, I... I caught on pretty quick and, and decided that was what I wanted to do. What are your earliest memories of uh, life on Dad's property with the horses? Um, it would have to be up, obviously, in Brisbane. I was born in Bathurst, but uh, we moved up to Queensland at quite a young age. And I can sort of just remember the initial move, but my first memories of working with horses and stuff would have been at our farm at Logan Village there. And um, mm. it was, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a great spot there in, in southeast Brisbane. And we, um, you know, Dad trained a lot of winners from that farm and we all sort of learned to drive from that farm and that track out there. So it was uh, no, a lot of fond memories from there. Mm. John McCarthy, in his heyday in Brisbane, would have 14 or 15 runners at Albion Park on a Saturday night and I guess from an early age you'd be in there doing all of the, uh, all of the lousy jobs. <laughs> at least they were trying to get me to anyway it wasn't um, you know until I sort of got into my teen years that I got a bit more interested in the horses and uh now I can remember as a kid trying to get them all into the track you know we had trucks and floats and all different vehicles getting them there so it was uh mm. it was busy times but it was really good enjoyable times do you think the animal wore you down eventually Todd the standard bred horse they're lovely to work with and they got a habit of winning people over I think so. They are. They're, they're a beautiful animal, and you you can't help but get a bit attached to them. And the more you work with them, the more you you know you learn to appreciate and respect the horse. So it was one of those things. Um, when I had my first trial drive, I remember thinking, you know, that that's it. I'm I'm hooked on it now. Yeah, your first drive in a race was a horse called Count the Cards at Albion Park in March 2010. You ran second. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I think I, uh, I think I drove him with a sit, and I think he, he might have even got up the fence or something and run mm. into second. So it was um, that's off memory quite a long time ago now, John. But uh, I believe I actually drove my first winner uh, on him as well at uh, Gold Coast. So yeah, he yeah. was always a horse. Um, you know, it's funny you always remember your first one. Well, I hope you weren't too fond of him because that win was in a claiming race, and he got claimed. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, my first and la- my first win on him and my last drive on him. Six months later, 
you landed your first winning double. Beef City Bow and Braveheart Stride. That'd be a big night. Yeah, it was, and uh, you know, and obviously that that six months it um it took a little while. I think it took me fourteen drives uh, before I landed my first winner, and mm. um you know it was just one of those things that t- that takes time. And uh, no, that was great to to get a double, and uh, you know those names they certainly ring a bell and and bring back good memories. Well, about five years ago, you did better than a double. You won five races on a Newcastle program. You were only 21 at the time. Yeah, it was a great night. And um, it was, uh, I think I won for maybe three three or four different trainers as well. I think three different mm-hmm. trainers. So it was, um, you know, it was terrific. And I think that says a lot for the, um, you know, the support that I've had in my career and the, the very handy trainers I've been able to drive for. First Group 1 winner, this was the biggest moment so far, was the Ladyship Mile of 2016. You happened to get on that wonderful mare Frith for trainer Bernie Kelly. She finished up winning 39 races. You drove her eight times, Todd. You won three on her, including that Ladyship Mile. Yeah, that was a, a you know a wonderful opportunity I was handed there to be able to drive her in those uh, in those races and keep the drive in her on the ladyship. So it was um, she was a terrific mare and she was so tough. And I think um, you know her aggressive race style you know probably suited my driving style. So we uh, mm. we got along really well and no, it was it was fantastic being able to drive her. She won one point two million dollars, Frith. It's hard for a mare to win over a million. Definitely, and I think that um, you know them sort of figures really um, speak. You know, big claims in her class. You know how good she was. She was such a terrific mare, and there wasn't, um, you know, even in open class horses, there wasn't as many that sort of put in as, as hard as she does. Of all the horses uh, that have been in your care up to date, Seal and Print is the most significant. He'd already won 12 races in Western Australia when you got him to train, and one of them was the WA Derby, so he showed some ability early on. How did you come by a horse like that? It was actually a good family friend of ours in Perth, Greg Bond. He, um, When I was young in Queensland and I was sort of just starting out and I had a claim, he flew me over. He had a, um, There was a, a race on in Perth, um, at Gloucester Park, and it was a he needed a junior driver, and he uh, he couldn't get a driver. It was more so the fact that he was just doing me a bit of a favour and a little bit of exposure at the time. I think to to fly me over and give me a drive on a horse. Mm. His name was Hilarious Life, and that um it ended up winning the race actually, and and that was sort of you know our, our friendship with Greg, and then I sort of got to uh, know him pretty well after that, and. He said um, he'd, he'd send me over a horse to train. At this stage, I'd just got my trainer's licence and that was how Seal and Print came about. Mm. Well, you won a total of 14 races with him over a period of two years and he'd been racing well enough coming into the 2014 Inter-Dominion, but he suddenly got a lease of life and he made a few sit-up-and-take-notice when he won a qualifying heat, beating Bowtide. Yeah, he was um, he was really good that night, and you know we probably run into a little bit of luck. I can remember the we had a lot of rain, and the um, the qualifying heat wasn't until a little later in the night, and probably the the first you know two carts on the fence were pretty off, and 
Mm. I remember I drew to, to be back in the field and Bowie drew to be up front and the fence was pretty heavy at the time and I got right mm. down the outside and mm. he usually done his best work the last 200, that horse. And, yeah. um, you know, it was just one of them things I probably caught bow tied on an off night and under the conditions and we were um, we were pretty lucky we were able to win a heat and, and qualify for the Inner Dominion. Well, a week later, you had to keep him ticking over. So luckily, there was a Group 2 race on the Menangle program, the Brian Hancock Cup. He won that in 150.2. He was flying, wasn't he? Yeah, he, uh, he ran into a little bit of good form right at the right time for me. So they're, um, they're funny, the old horses, how they can do that when they hit their purple patch and they're, they're feeling good and everything seems to fall in line for them. Well, you must have had a butterfly or two when you went out for the Inter-Dominion Grand Final at such a young age. You came from well back to run second to Bow Tide. Brother Luke was third on four a reason, and the great New Zealander Smulder ran fourth. And there were some very good horses back in the field. Yeah, it was a great field that year, and um, I was actually can sort of remember thinking, I just, I just hope I keep up and we don't disgrace ourselves, you know. But mm. uh, no, nah, he he was super for me on the day, and. At the start, I sort of I couldn't get to the fence quick enough. I, I just wanted to get there and, and do our yeah. best to uh, to get home. And we never left the rail. I think I come from five fence, and everyone mm. sort of just kept jumping off, looking for a gap up the straight. And yeah. I just kept following the marker pegs. And uh, now we had a dream run, and we never had to go around a horse. And I think he, he ran in the second. He didn't win again, Todd, for thirteen runs, and then all of a sudden he took off again, and he won three straight Saturday night races. Yeah, he was uh he was that sort of horse. He was, you know, a very hard horse to catch and he uh he just had his hot and cold runs all the time and when he was on he was good and, and when he was off you just had to try and um, you know, weather the storm a bit with him. You must look back on Seal and Print uh, with great affection. He was a lot of fun and so good for you at that stage of your career. He was and he, he really sort of took me from um you know, just being a, a young kid with a claim to put me on that sort of that main stage and uh, exposed me to a lot of Saturday night racing and uh, give me that exposure that I sort of needed to go to that next level of my career and, and sort of pick up those, um, those you know, them better drives. You've still got a trainer's licence, but in recent years, you've concentrated pretty intensely on freelance driving. Yeah, that's right. I, I'd sort of um, made the decision when I started um, getting a lot more drives to to step back um, in the training ranks. And, and when I retired, Seal and Print, I, I sort of wasn't in too much of a rush to, to try and find another one. He, uh, you know, he was a great horse to me. And uh, at that stage, I was starting to get a lot of great opportunities with driving as well and, and traveling a lot to drive. So I, um, you know, driving's always been my, my passion and I really love being out on the racetrack. So when I seen that opportunity arise, I sort of thought that I'd, um, you know, really take driving full time and, and do as many, many meetings as I could and, and go around as much as I can. Just get you to stand by for a moment, Todd. We're going to clear a break on the podcast back in a jiffy. Saturday, March 2nd is a very important date on the harness racing calendar. This is the night when Tapcorp Parkman Angle will host the richest harness race in the Southern Hemisphere, the $1 million Ainsworth Miracle Mile. This kind of prize money will bring together a field capable of world record time over the lightning fast Menangle Mile. 
the Miracle Mile will be one of six Group 1 races on the card. There'll be all sorts of entertainment for the whole family and on-course dining is first class. Get a group of friends together and go harness racing at Tabcorp Park Menangle for the $1 million Ainsworth Miracle Mile, a unique sporting event. Talking to Todd McCarthy, well, your dad had the privilege to train a great horse called Be Good Johnny, who won 48 races and $1.6 million in prize money and two Miracle Miles. Now, Dad drove him in most of those wins. You wouldn't have been able to get Dad off him with a cannon. Uh, but you got to drive him four or five times and you won a race on him at Albion Park. You'll be dining out on that when you're an old man. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was pretty special and it's a memory that, you know, I'll always sort of hang on to and I've actually got the photo hanging up on the wall in my <laughs> house there. So he, um, he was, you know, he meant a lot to our family, that horse, and, he come along at the right time, you know, um, it, it, just before he won his two miracle miles, mum actually got quite sick with cancer and uh, he was sort of, you know, he kept spirits high and he gives you something to look forward to every time. And, um, you know, she's fitting well now and everything's good. So, uh, no, I think that horse, you know, he played a big role as far as keeping spirits very high for us. Your mother is often at uh, the Menangle meetings. I used to chat with Narelle on occasions, uh, on Saturday nights. Lovely lady, and I imagine, Todd, she's given you a lot of wise counsel over the years. Yeah, no, she's she's awesome. They, um, you know, mum and dad, I've been so lucky in the family that I've been able to grow up in, and they, um, you know, they keep me centred and, and keep me on the right track, and, and uh, no, I'm very privileged to, to uh, have them as parents. Your brother Luke has been among Australia's top horsemen for a long time now, and he was very high profile when you started. Now, did you ever feel as though you were in his shadow a little bit, intimidated? I don't think so. It never really, um, it never really felt like that. You know, there's a, an eleven year uh, age gap between us, so it was always sort of. Um, and I can remember being on the fence as a kid, cheering him on, and then I think um, by the time I was old enough to start driving, he was sort of at a stage where. He was um, obviously just really happy to see me do well. And, uh, no, we've never really felt like that. There's been any sort of competition between us. Um, and I think that that large age gaps, you know, helped us out a lot there. And mm. we've just been happy to see each other do well. Well, I'm glad we cleared that point up, Todd, because people really weren't aware of the difference in age. Luke is 11 years your senior and Andrew is nine years your senior. Yeah, as I was... Uh, I'm quite young uh, in the family. I've got a sister too that's in, in between the two boys and uh, I sort of come along quite late, John. I, I think I might have even been a little bit of a surprise, to be honest. But <laughs> Shock might be a better word, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, it's uh, it's sort of been good being the youngest and, you know, very privileged to uh, to have, you know, the three older siblings like I've had and, mm. and to be able to sort of get uh, any, any words of wisdom off them when I've needed them. Now... Brother Andrew has chosen to make his life and his harness racing career in the United States of America. His wife, Katrina, is American-born. Uh, his two children, of course, uh, now hold American citizenship, so he's probably going to be there forever. But he's done very, very well. And you tell me he's getting up around the 2000 winner mark as a driver. Yeah, he's going really well in there at the moment, so... Um 
he was just home for Christmas, as was Katrina and the two boys, and uh, they come home pretty much every year and have a have a couple months off. So it's uh, it's a great opportunity to catch up with the um, with the nephews and. No, it's a fantastic time of year, but he's doing excellent over there, Andrew, and uh, he's really enjoying his time there. Is he freelance driving or training some? He just freelance drives, so um, similar to, to me in Sydney, and uh, mm. he does a lot more miles and drives a lot more horses than I do, but um, no, he's, he's starting to break in. He'd sort of be up in the top 10 drivers over there now, and uh, he's, he's, he's going terrific. Mm. You've had some drives in the States. And yes, uh, early on, and just sort of just more of a bit of a look over there, and um, it was a you know I went over in 2016 and and just had a bit of a look around. Mm, but you had a handful of drives while you were there. Ah uh, yes. Yeah, did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, they're only unofficials, but it was um, it was terrific to go and see what it's about, and it's not all that different um, to how we race in Sydney. So mm. no, it was really cool to go and see. Oh, it's changed so much in Australia. When you go to Menangle and watch them out there on that big track, you could be at the Meadowlands or the Red Mile. Yeah, that's right. And it's um, no, I love Menangle and the way they race there. And it's a, a clean, fast racing. It's a, you know, it's a really enjoyable track to work at. Now, Todd, let's pay a compliment to this great horse you've been driving, Tiger Tara. He's an eight-year-old entire. He's had a hundred and two starts. And he's never been better. 35 wins, 24 seconds, 13 thirds, and 2.2 million. This season alone, he's won 881,000. He was purchased from New Zealand in 2016 for a reported, and I have no official confirmation of this, a reported $250,000. He'd already won 13 in New Zealand. He'd already won a Group 1 and he'd already run second in the New Zealand Cup, so he was a good horse when he arrived. Yeah, he was, um, you know, he was one that was probably just a year below the um, the top ones there. He's obviously, he was running places in them big races and you've got to be a pretty good horse to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, since um, joining the Kevin Pizzuto stable, he's, uh, Kevin's, you know, I think he's learned a lot about the horse and, He's obviously got him in uh, his, his peak form at the moment. Mm. You know you've driven him 47 times. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know the exact number, but I knew it would be up around there. He's um, mm. he's a horse. He means a lot to me now, and I uh, know him pretty well. And you, you sort of, you know, you begin to, the more you work with an animal like that, you get to know their characteristics and, yeah. and know how to feel well, he won the Victoria Cup on the 13th of October last year. He led to win that. Then he crossed the ditch for the New Zealand Cup. You had it won everywhere but the last stride when the fixer got along the pegs to beat you ahead. And after the work you had to do in the run, Todd, it was a crying shame to see him get beaten. It was, John, and it was... Um it was, uh, you know, it was one of those things. He cut the breeze, and he done so much work, and he raced so big, and and to just sort of just get beat right on the line was a little bit heartbreaking for us. But mm. at the same time, we were so proud of the horse and and how he raced, and the um, you know, the the training performance from Kevin Pizzuto to to travel him over and and have him as good as he was at the time was um, you know, a real credit to him. Now, three days later, 
he backed up in the New Zealand free-for-all. Over the years, many New Zealand Cup horses have lined up again in the shorter race, and it was one of his worst. The assumption was that the New Zealand Cup run had simply barrelled him. Was that the case, Todd, or was there a, a hitch on the day? I think so. Um, just, you know, he is a horse that can back up, and we sort of, he pulled up pretty well after the race, and he seemed bright and alert, but um, he was no good on the Friday, and mm. Kev didn't know if maybe it was a bit of an issue with the feed in the days in between, with, you know, maybe just got to him. and mm. um, But on the Friday, to me, he just, he felt like he, you know, he just wasn't as sharp, and he didn't sort of carry the bit um, as well as he usually does, so. I think it could have just been a bit of a combination from that that run on the um, on the Tuesday and and just through the week the change in in scenery and things and um, just to try and get him spot on again for the Friday was going to be a pretty big ask but he uh, he bounced back from that which is always a worry you know when they have such a hard run and then they go into another one you, you worry how it's going to toll on the horse mentally but um, no that horse is just he's he's unbelievable he can just put something like that behind him and and just yeah. go you know. Well, you got him back to Melbourne. Sixteen days later, he ran third in an Inter-Dominion heat at Melton. Then he ran second in a heat at Ballarat. Then he won a heat at Cranbourne. And then he led all the way to win the Inter-Dominion grand final. And Todd, track record time, if you don't mind. Yeah, he was um, he was awesome. We probably couldn't have asked for any better heat lead-ups going into the Inter-Dominion final. He... Um, you know, we sort of went into it this year with the plan of, you know, obviously doing our best, but doing our best to look after the horse in the heats as well when they got to back up so quickly. So uh, it worked out uh, really well just with the draws and, and how we were able to drive him. I think that first heat, um, I drove him, you know, relatively quiet for his style of racing and we, we were pretty lucky still. We had a really good run and he got out at the top of the straight and, and running the third and still got some good points. So mm. it worked out uh, really well for him and then come final night he was uh, he was all tucked up and fit and ready to go and, and ready for a hard run. Mm. Well, after that, Kev got him back to Sydney and just to keep him ticking over, he had a couple of runs at Menangle. He won both of them. Then he went back to Melbourne for the AG Hunter Cup. He led, he was awesome, and he was never going to get beaten. No, he, he, he was, you know, we were pretty confident sort of going into the race. And, um, you know, and, and I think uh, Kev was really confident too. He, he said, I've, I feel like I've got him spot on. And mm. the horse looks terrific. And when you sort of walk up and you see him, he looked exactly like he did uh, for the Inner Dominion and for the New Zealand Cup. You know, he looked very yeah. fit and alert and sharp and... Uh, it was just one of those races where we, we had the draw and uh, the distance was in our favour and, you know, he was favourite. It was a little bit of a high-pressure um, situation and, and sometimes, you know, you can run into a little bad luck when it's like that. But, mm. no, everything went to plan for us and he, he raced terrifically and, he uh, you know, he showed his class. Now, when he finds the front in these big races and you get him rolling along, how does he travel? How does he feel? Is he on the bit? Is he off the bit? No, he's good. He uh, he travels on the bit nicely, and he uh, he doesn't pull or anything. Like he just sort of holds the bit. And he's got a beautiful mouth, and um, you can just put him at whatever speed you want to put him at. But uh, as I've got to know the horse, I you know I just try and keep him where he feels comfortable, and he 
he covers them high 28 quarters um, as if it's a, a 30 and a half for him. So he's got a really high cruising speed and, and you can sort of use that to your advantage uh, in those longer trips where he's such a great stayer and, and sort of take the sprint out of the rest of them. He's been a terrific boost uh, to Kevin Pizzuto's training career. Kev's been around for a long, long time, training in the main expatriate New Zealand horses. Uh, so he knows the Kiwi horses back to front. Definitely. Um, he does a terrific job with the Kiwis and he brings them over and he usually gives them a start or two and, and then often turns them out for a bit of a spell and then he likes to bring them back up his way. So, um, no, he does a terrific job with them, Kevin, and, and usually when you jump on one, you know that they're going to be pretty handy. Kev can get a little vocal when things go wrong in a race. And more than one driver in the past has incurred his wrath. But Todd, you seem to have forged a great association with him. Yeah, he's um no, he's just a bit of a character, Kevin. We get along really well. I think um, you know, a big part of our relationships comes down to that that trust and honesty, um, that we sort of have between each other and a large amount of respect that we have for one another too, um, you know, in our own departments and like his training and mine driving, obviously. So we uh, and if I, you know, usually if I pull the wrong rein, I'm pretty quick to come off and say, you know, sorry, it didn't go to plan or whatever. And mm. and Kev goes, you know, that that happens. Don't worry about it. So we often have the same view on races. Um, and we like to. I think the, probably the way that he trains his horses and my aggressive driving style sort of um, suit each other well, and and uh, it works together. This horse, Tiger Tara, Todd, he must be an enormous doer because he races him fairly often, doesn't he? Uh, he must need racing to keep he is him there. A, I think he is, John. He's just a horse that um, he loves racing. You know, he loves being out on the track and he um, he's in it for the fight all the time. He, he just mm. genuinely enjoys being out there. So you take him to the races and he, he walks in on his toes and he's springing around. He's excited to be there. So um, mm. it's terrific when you've got a horse as good as him that enjoys doing it as much as he does. Mm. Well, Tiger Tara has taken you to dizzy heights I mean, just have a look at some of the races you've won with him, the Victoria Cup, the Hunter Cup, Inter-Dominion Grand Final. It's hard to get your head around at your age. It is, and it's, um, you know, I often pinch myself and, and think how lucky I am all the time to be able to uh, to work with a horse like that. It's, um, you know, and they obviously don't come along too often, them sort of horses, and he, um, no, nah, he's so special, and I'm sure he's going to be a horse that's always going to be regarded, you know, extremely high in my career. The bottom line is, Todd, you're just 25. The world is your oyster, young fella. Keep up the great work, and a, a delight to have you on the podcast. No, thanks very much, Sean. I appreciate that. Cheers. And this podcast has been produced by Supernova Sound. It's good times all round at Harness Racing across New South Wales as the state's finest horses and drivers go wheel to wheel. With something for everyone, a trip to the trots is the perfect place to take family and friends. It's easy, affordable and action-packed, so get down to your local track and experience it firsthand. Get all the info at harnessmediacentre.com.au and we'll see you at the track for good times all round.